0: Okay, the title of today's lesson is uh, Living within the plan of God First of all, let me start out by saying That God loves us And He wants the best for us And we have to remember that God loves us, amen And He wants the best for us And then it says He designed a plan for each of our lives See, God has a a, a tailor-made plan For you and I amen and we have to understand that then it says his plan is the best course of action to achieve a fulfilled life a life of purpose and prosperity now it says a life of purpose and prosperity see let me tell you something if we don't find our purpose for living then our whole life is in vain because if you don't fulfill your god-given purpose down here your destiny then your whole life is a waste and then it says in prosperity now prosperity that doesn't always mean uh the accumulation of wealth uh, to be filthy rich you know there's a lot of ways to be prosperous you don't have to have loads and loads of money don't get me wrong i believe in having money i believe in prosperity but what i'm saying is you don't have to be uh we don't have to be filthy rich in order to have a prosperous life amen but god promises to do what fulfill all our needs amen. we can have a prosperous life and have all our needs met amen and we can have abundance but not be filthy rich amen so then it says our subject today is going to be david it says david the shepherd boy who would become king he lived an extraordinary life a blessed life filled with love and adventure. But if we were to study David's life, it was not all good. See, David experienced some things, amen? It wasn't all good. In fact, David experienced defeat, personal tragedy, and betrayal. In spite of this, we would consider his life a blessed life. Even though he had a lot of ups and downs, his life was a blessed life. And the thing about it is, I don't care how anointed we are, and even when the God call of God is on our life, we're going to experience some things down here. But we're going to learn today that some things can be avoided. All right? It says a life of victory. David had a life of victory. In fact, the only time David failed, now he experienced failure, was when he deviated from the plan of God. It is this David that wrote Psalms 37. And that's gonna be our main body of scripture, Psalm 37. Acts 13 and 36, we're gonna go there. It says, now when David, talking about that same David, has served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So David died. But the key part there is that it says when David has served God's purpose, now the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He, in other words, David sought to do what was pleasing to God, even though sometimes he came short of that. His goal was to do and live in such a way, what which was pleasing to God, and say he served God's purpose. David did what God wanted him to do in his life, right in his generation. Now we're going to move on to Psalm thirty-seven. We're gonna start at verse four, and we're gonna read through verse seven. And this is our main body of scripture. I'ma read through it, then we're gonna dissect it. It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse five says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and that judgment as the noonday. Verse 7 Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospered in his way, because the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So that's our main body of scripture. Now we're going to go ahead on, we're going to dissect that, and we're going to unpack that and, and extract what God wants us to hear through his word this morning. Amen. Psalm 37 48. It says right here. Delight thyself also in the Lord right now the key word that is delight what that word means is to take pleasure in to take joy in So that tells us that God wants us to do what he wants he desires for us to enjoy ourselves in him He wants us to take joy in serving him. How many of us know? There's a joy we experience in serving God and when I mean serving God I'm not just talking about doing stuff I'm talking about having fellowship with God. There's a joy in that. Amen. There's a joy we experience from having a relationship with God. And the thing about joy is, it's unconditional. It's different from happiness. See, happiness is predicated on what's happening, but joy is unconditional. That way we can experience the joy of the Lord regardless of what is going on on the outside of us. You know, the outside things may be going wrong, or everything might not be going the way we wanted to go on the outside. But yet and still, we can still have joy. There's a difference between joy and happiness, right? Psalm 16:11 says, "Thou will show me the path of life." It says, "In thy presence is fullness of joy," and it says, "At thy right hand there are pleasures." forevermore why do we sometimes as believers now listen to this fail to experience the joy that comes from serving god because there is joy in serving god the number one reason is because we neglect god's presence see there's joy in his presence but if we neglect his presence then we're not going to experience that joy now we may be doing a whole lot of churchy stuff out of routine but neglect spending time in god's presence see the main thing is that one-on-one amen the main thing is us spending time in prayer with god and us hearing his word and allowing god to speak to us through his word that's the main thing amen that's i would say that that's even more important than going to church even though church is important you know but the thing about it is if we don't spend that personal time with god then we're just doing stuff out of routine. So I always try to teach people to do what? Um, spend time with God. I always try to encourage people and teach people to do what? Make that one-on-one time with you and God the main priority. Now I'm gonna give us an example of somebody who neglected God's presence, and that's Martha. Even though Martha was a disciple of Jesus, and she, she was a, a committed follower of Jesus, she neglected God's presence. And uh, we're gonna see what happened to her in this one instance. That don't mean she lived a life of neglecting God's presence. But in this one instance, she neglected God's presence. And we're gonna see what happened. Luke 10 and 38 to 42 in the New Living Translation. It says, As Jesus and his disciples continue on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, see, Martha did the right thing. She welcomed Jesus into her home. See, a lot of us we do the right thing. We invite Jesus in, right? Now, it says her sister Mary. Now she had a sister. And uh, if, if we can remember through scripture, Mary and Martha are the sisters of Lazarus, the one who Jesus rose from the dead. It says Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Now, Jesus, what he did was he went inside the home and he was teaching, right? mary sat at his feet and she was spending time listening to what jesus had to say so mary did what she placed the priority on sitting in jesus's presence and hearing his word but then it says verse forty: but martha was distracted he worried they're distracted by the big dinner she was preparing she came to jesus and said Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I'm doing all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, Martha did what? She was distracted. She was preparing dinner. She was preparing stuff to uh, feed to Jesus and the disciples, which wasn't a, a bad thing, right? But at the same time, she allowed this good thing to distract her from what was most important see a lot of times we can be doing something good something that's even beneficial but at the same time we can allow those things to get in the way of what's most important we have to place a priority on what's most important look what it says martha's focus was on serving she was preoccupied with serving watch this to the point of neglecting what was most important See, we don't neglect what's most important for what's least important. There are some things, yeah, they're important, but they're not as important. And see, a lot of times we neglect spending time with God, we neglect prayer for doing something that may be important, but it's not as important. See, we got to have our priorities in order. Number one priority is spending that time with God. Number one priority is having fellowship, intimate fellowship with God. That's where our priority should be, amen? Thank God for jobs, thank God for, for homes, thank God for everything he's blessed us with, but don't let nothing get in the way of you spending that time with God, amen? Even if you have to sacrifice, spend that time with God. Verse 41 said, but the Lord, the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried. Now see that? And you're upset over all these details. How many of us know there's a lot of people, they get worried and they get upset over all these details, the small, minute things in life. Now, look what happened to her because she got so busy doing stuff, it produced worry in her. It produced frustration in her. Why? Because she neglected what was most important for what was least important. And see, that's what happened a lot of time. When we neglect God's presence, we experience frustration. We experience worry anxiety and all this stuff why because we're neglecting god's presence even though what we may be doing is important but it's not as important and then jesus said in first 42 there's only one thing we're being concerned about mary had discovered it see mary mary found out that sweet spot in life i called it she found out and discovered what that sweet spot was and that was spending time with god That sweet spot was having that intimate fellowship with the Lord, amen? And Jesus said, look, and I would not be taking it away from her. She found a good thing in life. See, spending time in God's presence and hearing his word is the most important part of serving him. Everything else is an outflow of that. See, you're not gonna be productive as you would be if you spend that time with God. A lot of us think that, uh okay i can't pray this morning i can't get in the word because that's gonna stop me or hinder me from doing what i gotta do in the natural but uh, but actually the truth is if we spend that time with god and we get in his word don't don't you know that god will make everything smoother for you as you go throughout your day amen look at psalm 37 back psalm 37 4 and b says and if we do what Delight ourselves in God. Take pleasure in Him. He gonna give us the desires of our heart. Look what it said in the ERV. Enjoy serving the Lord, and He will give you give you whatever you ask for. That's if we delight ourselves. That's if we take pleasure in. Him. That's if we take joy in serving God. God don't want us serving Him with a bitter attitude. Now I'm gonna explain that through these notes I wrote right here. It says this is not a blank check to get whatever we want that's not what they're saying and the reason i'm saying that because some people think well if i just serve god god gonna give me whatever whatever i want it don't work like that it does not work like that god gives us what's best for us not what we want amen it says but when we learn how to take joy in our god it is then we discover he becomes our desire you see when we spend that time with god and in fellowship with God we discover that he becomes our desire we begin to want him more than anything else and as a result his will becomes our will and we begin to want what he wants for us which means our hearts desires are in alignment with his will it is then we can have those desires because they are in agreement with what he wants for us right or in line with his will. God not going to give us nothing that's outside of his will. Something that's not good for us. So here it is. We must remember. God always desires what is best for us. And he knows what is best for us better than we do for ourselves. See, God knows what's best for us. And a lot of times we, we make decisions and we leave God completely out of it. And then we wonder why stuff don't work out. And we wonder why it don't go right. We wonder why we experience all these problems. Why? Because you're doing it your way. Amen. If you do it God's way, it's gonna always come out right. Amen. Foolproof. Psalm 37, picking up at verse 5. It says, Commit, that is right there. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Bring what to pass? Those things we're trying to achieve in life. Amen. He's going to bring it to pass. Those things that he has designed for us. Look what it says. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him to help you do it. And he will. Commit everything. See, we are to commit everything to God. We're to commit even on our jobs. We commit that to God. Lord, I'm putting this job in your hand. Help me. I'm putting my family in your hand. Lord, help me. I'm putting my marriage in your hand. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm putting my finances in your hand. Lord, help me. Amen. The Bible says if we acknowledge Him, Proverbs 3 and 6, if we acknowledge Him, right, He shall direct our path. He's going to show us what to do if we acknowledge Him. But what if we ignore God and do things our way? we're not going to get no direction from god because god is a gentleman the holy spirit is not going to force us to do things his way we have to be willing that's why in the beginning i was playing that song lord have your way that's why it, the song says lord i surrender amen because some of us we're not surrender. we're still doing stuff our way and we're experiencing all these problems all these troubles and we're praying for god to help us But yet and still, we will not submit to what God is trying to tell us to do. You're not going to ever achieve nothing without the help of God. Some people understand it's a dead end when we do stuff our way. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, seek his will, not your will, his will and all you do and he will show you which path to take. It is very foolish to make decisions without consulting God. We think we can do things without God, it's not gonna work out. I'm telling you, that's why the Bible says, pray about everything, amen? I'm afraid to make a decision without God. That's why I pray, Lord, help me. I don't wanna make mistakes mistake in this stage in my life, amen, I made enough mistakes. I don't wanna keep making the same old mistake over and over and over and over, and then only to find out I have to start back to go again. Amen, it's better to allow God to order my steps. Amen. Then to do it my way. Psalm 37 and 6 says. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. He going to make it right. And judgment as the noonday." Look what it says. Rest. That is right there. Relax, that means to relax confidently in the Lord. See we can rest in the Lord when we do things his way. Then it says wait patiently for him. See, we got to rest, take it easy, chill in the Lord, and we have to wait patiently for Him with expectation, right? Knowing that God is going to come through. We just got to be patient enough to wait. You know, the old folks used to say like this, you can't hurry God, you just got to learn how to wait. And see, that's our problem. A lot of us, we don't have no patience. We don't know how to wait. We get ahead of God. We go before God. Amen. And it's not going to work out like that. See, right here it said we must learn to be patient and not get in a hurry. But allow God to move on our behalf in his timing. Not our timing. Amen. That's a season when God moves. And most of the time, we're holding up our season. It's not that God don't want to give it to us. He knows we're not ready. Amen. He knows when we're ready and he knows when we're not ready. And when we're not ready, God is not gonna release what he have for us. Perfect example of that would be this. You know, we all have children on here. Just say if your, your kid was to come before you and say, Mom, I wanna drive. And they're 10 years old. Because you, you have to reach a, a certain age, number one, and then you got to prove yourself as being proficient enough to do what it is you're trying to do, and see, God is not going to release what He has for us until He knows we're ready. So, when we're prepared, when the opportunity arrives or the opportunity presents itself, then we can go right in because what we're prepared for the opportunity. But when we don't prepare for the opportunity, when the opportunity comes out, we're not ready. So, guess what? We got to wait even longer. Now, moving on to Psalms 37. This part B, that verse, it says, fret not yourself, in other words, don't worry, because of him who prospered in his way, because of the, the man who bring wicked devices to pass. I like what it says in the GW, it says, do not be preoccupied with an evil doer who succeeds in his way when he carries out his schemes. See, a lot of times, is what we do sometimes, even as believers, we look at what other people are doing. Amen. And we see, we we say to ourselves, well, they seem to be having some success in doing what they're doing. And sometimes we begin to be envious of that because we think, okay, look, they're doing it. Well, I can't do it. I'm a believer. They're a non-believer. But guess what? Just because it may seem like they're prospering in whatever they're doing, that don't necessarily mean they're prospering. Or they seem to be succeeding in, in what they're doing. That don't mean they're succeeding. You know, just by the way things look on the outside, because the Bible said the blessing of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow. How many of us know there's a, a lot of people that may be millionaires, but they're miserable, miserable millionaires? Why? Because money can't make it happen. And if it's not God given, it's not a blessing. I don't care how much it is. It's more of a curse than anything. But when God gives it. Mm, amen. We can be happy with it we can enjoy it and because he gave it but when he don't give it it's not going to be a blessing to us proverbs 4 and 12 it says there's a path before each person that seems right but it ends in death now in death doesn't mean it. all people always die you're going to lose something something else is going to be destroyed see there's a path before each sometimes we think what we're doing is the right thing but it's not amen and it wind up being more harmful to us than good see we can't trust ourselves to lead ourselves apart from god we can't do that amen because god never designed us to lead ourselves god created us with the intent that we would be in fellowship with him and when we are of fellowship with him we're not the best version of ourselves amen so two things i won't bring this home two things we need to be careful not to do as believers right number one is comparing ourselves to others our situation and circumstance see a lot of people what they do is they compare what they got going on to with other people got going on and they they begin to feel a certain type of way because that person may be seem to be accomplishing or that person may seem to not be accomplishing but either way it's not good to compare ourselves to other people look what it says in second corinthians 10 and 12. i'm reading out of the uh, gw version it says we wouldn't put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves to those who are bold enough to make their recommendations this was paul says certainly when they measured themselves by themselves and compared themselves to themselves they show how foolish they are. See, it's foolish to compare yourself with other people. Comparing ourselves to others will lead to one or two things. It's going to lead to pride or discontentment. Because when you compare yourself to somebody that's below you or may not be doing as well as you're doing, it's going to cause you to feel prideful. It's going to cause you to feel kind of lifted up because you're going to feel like, oh, I'm doing better than them. But then when we compare ourselves to people that may be doing a lot better than we are then we start feeling discontented because we feel like oh they're doing a lot better than me see that's why it's never good to run your own race we got to learn how to run our own race amen we all got our lane there's a saying that's real popular today stay in your own lane that's what we got to do stay in our own lane run our own race amen when you find your niche, you find your avenue, you find your land you flow in it. And number two, moving ahead of God. See there, God has His timing, and we got to operate within His timing. In other words, trying to help God out, creating our own Ishmael, and we we know that uh script that um we know the story of Abraham and Sarah, right? How God promised them a son, right? And What they did was they got impatient and couldn't wait. So what they tried to do is Sarah told Abraham, look, go live with my handmaid, right? And produce us a son from her. And basically we're going to have an adopted seed. But see, God had his own seed for them, but they wanted to go ahead of God and do it their way, right? Look what it says in Galatians 1 and 2. And Sarah, Abraham's wife was not able to have children. She owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Why don't you sleep with my slave? Maybe I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed with Sarah. Now we all know what happened. Hagar had that child, and that child's name was Ishmael. Now, Ishmael is the father of a lot of those Muslim nations right now in the Middle East. The Jews in those Muslim nations are at war to this day. There's hostility between them as of today. All because they wanted to do it their way. See, a lot of times we make decisions and we don't understand the long-term lasting effects those decisions gonna play out, how, how they gonna play out. And it winds up being disastrous, not only for us, but hurting a lot of other people in the process because we did it our way so that's why it's never good to, to uh go ahead of god or to do it our way or to step outside of the plan of god right and try to help god out and do it our way it's not good to do that amen because we can create an ishmael we create a situation that's destructive jeremiah twenty nine eleven. look what it says and we about to close that's what god says now, the, the title of our lesson is living within the plan of God. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. See, God has plans for us. Not our plans, but his plan. Declares the Lord. See, we must trust the plan God has for our lives without knowing this is key. All the details up front. And see, that's our problem. We want to know how it's going to work out, how this is going to happen. How, no, listen. We got to just trust in the Lord, right? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all, the, all thy heart, right? And it says that not to lean to our own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He shall direct our path. Say, then He says, There are plans for peace. See, God wants us to have peace. I don't know about you, but I want that peace. If it's anything I want is peace, and not disaster. See, God don't want us to experience disaster. But if we live outside the plan of God, we gonna experience disaster. Plans to give you a future, a bright future. God wants us to have a bright future, a future filled with hope. In other words, expectation. God wants us to have a future where we're expectantly waiting for what he has for us. Amen? And that's what we have to focus on. Listen, do it God's way. I have a sin. And that saying is this, if you do it God's way, it's going to come out right.